Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. I'm Scotty Conley, a.k.a. Scotty the Body, and this is the Border Podcast with Scotty the Body. For the last 20 years, I've had some type of role in the skateboarding industry, including my time as a sponsored skater, many years working at Skate Park in Tampa, and my current job at the Border. So, in the midst of this current pandemic, I decided to start this podcast so I can catch up with some old friends I've met along the way, and we can talk about the past and present with highlights in my beloved hometown of Tampa, Florida. So sit back and enjoy. The body body rock the body body yes yes all right all right yes that's right the border podcast i have returned it's me scotty the body and i hope you guys are ready to take another trip with the border podcast so before we bring in today's guest i want to give a special shout out to all the moms out there yes that's right happy mother's day skaters need their moms my mom always had no problem taking me to the skate park driving me to contests constantly wondering if i really needed a new board or if i was just trying to get 50 bucks from her um buying shoes knowing damn well there would be an ollie hole in a few weeks moms are the best they can sew up holes in your pants, and mine cooks me breakfast every day of my life until I graduated high school. Um, my wife says I was really spoiled, but I just like to think that my mom loves me more than other moms love their kids. So this episode goes out to the moms, skate moms, soccer moms, cheer moms, deadbeat moms, smart moms, dumb moms, and any mom named Karen. This one's for you. And Sally Conley, this one's especially for you. I love you, mom. So without any further delay, let me bring in today's guest. Uh, usually my guests are someone that I have a personal history with. So I have loads of stories about the person, a pretty good idea of a timeline for their life and a basic idea of some things I'd like to talk about. Uh, today is different. We were introduced via email five days ago by his agent. So uh, there will be some basic uh, getting to know you questions mixed in with my usual line of very insightful questioning. And uh, so introing this guy, man, after years of living the struggle in New York City, trying to make it in skateboarding and stand-up comedy, this guy moved back to his hometown of Everett, Washington, where he kicked off his career in skateboarding and stand-up comedy. Um, he spent time on the New York flow team and countless hours sharpening his comedic skills in the New York stand-up scene. Uh, his truthful take on the bizarre nuances of skateboarding has gained him enough attention to get himself an interview in Thrasher magazine, and his new album, Addictive Tickle, is out and is hilarious. And as a guy who was actually flow for New York, 
and also took a brief stab at stand-up comedy, I feel like this guy is actually the successful version of me. So, ladies and gentlemen, I got one man clapping right now for Taylor Clark. Taylor, welcome to the podcast, and nice to meet you. How are you doing? I am doing great, and thank you for that terribly patronizing one man clapping. Dude, that's all I got over here, man. I don't, I don't have a co-host. Great. No, uh, awesome, dude. <laughs> I had no idea you did either of those things. That's so you were flow for New York, and you did stand up. It's true, yes. And uh, I got some other questions about that to try to fit us on this on the same flow team together. I'm going to try to figure that out. But um, okay, let's do the. Uh, Six degrees of uh, Zared Bassett. <laughs> All right. Well, I was just going to ask you who, like, your uh, your either your rep or your TMs were at the time. Uh, ben Olenek, dude, the uh, the the true puppet master. Oh, see, okay, I think I was Ben was actually the guy that figured out that I was like too old and not skating anymore to like still get boards. He's the guy <laughs> who figured that out, and that's when you stopped getting boards. Yes. Oh, it was right around the time I started getting boards as a well, young New York upstart that I was. There we go. Um, but uh, hey, are you vaccinated? I am. Awesome. Um, and you're not feeling like a zombie or anything? No, I got uh, I got six Johnson and Johnsons. Oh, nice. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure like we weren't living in like the prequel to the walking dead and we were all going to turn into zombies and that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm going to go, we got a free vaccination site right across the street from our job. So probably going to go do that here soon. Cause uh, it looks like traveling is starting to open up and I definitely want to do that. Yeah, dude. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but when I got mine now, I'm now it's all like kicked in and everything. The second dose, it's, it's an amazing amount of, uh, relief that I've, been feeling i wasn't really ready for how nice it was going to feel to you know feel confident going out yeah, again yeah, yeah, and being sure. around people and like you know it obviously times out with the rest of the you know or at least most of the rest of the country opening up a bunch more so well i'm in florida we never really closed so um not sure what you guys were doing out there but like what um what what are the comedy clubs out there in, in washington doing right now are you able to get on get on stage yet Dude, like th we only have three real comedy clubs in uh, <coughs> in Seattle proper, and there's like two in Tacoma, and the two in Tacoma are open, and the only one in Seattle is open. Okay, and then um, like, are you at the point of your career right now? Like, do you still like, are you still grinding it out at like open mics and stuff like that? Dude, I'll do open mics no matter what. I have to okay. do open mics. Okay, I don't like doing uh trying out material in front of like people who paid good money to see a good show. And then I'm like, Oh, what do you guys think about this uh, rollerblade joke? And they're like, well, you, you just ruined our night. <laughs> it's I, I guess it's like when a, uh, when a, when a band shows up to, for a, for a concert and you've been waiting for it and, the, and you, they get on stage and they're like, we're going to do a bunch of new stuff tonight. Well, but, but even worse, it'd be like, but also like a brand new guitar player and like a genre we don't usually <laughs> do. Like, this isn't what anybody signed up for. All right. So uh, just to give you and uh, the, the audience a little background on me, like I did make a legit stab at uh, stand up comedy. I was at it for maybe like I was at it for a couple of years um, and I got into it just because uh, my buddy Jim Choquette was in it and I was. Like, I didn't even think, I didn't even know he was funny. 
until he was just like, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm doing my first open mic at stand-up comedy next week. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, you're, you're not that funny. What are you talking about? Like, and so we would always like our friend group would always give him shit for like, and then like, I think his website when he actually kind of like started trying to do it was Jim's not funny.com. <laughs> and so, uh, but I mean, it was right. Like he, he I mean, he, he grinded out a, a small living for a while traveling oh, and doing, doing comedy. So, I mean, he, he grinded his ass off and eventually was like, you know, mid card talent. But, um, but you watched him like work his way up from like but, open mics to getting booked. Oh, I was at his first open mic. That's so cool. And then it was one of the like, other shows later down. It was like the, it was the bringer show where you had to get 10 of your homies there to buy a drink. Oh, I know the bringer show very well. Oh yes. And, and the whole time, the whole time, like, it was just like, dude, I've been on a microphone announcing these skate contests, just doing jokes on the fly for years. I was like, I could do that. And I would always be like, yeah, man, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. Well, one time I went to watch and he signed me up. So I, he, he told me he signed me up and I had like 10 minutes to like write down four jokes and I might've done like a tad better than awful, but <laughs> well, that's better than most people do their first. But time. I got the spark, man. And it, it stuck with me. Like I, I stuck for a while. I, I feel like I had a really tight 10 minutes. Um, I had made the finals of a local contest where the winner uh, got a paying gig on a cruise ship for like a week. And you would be opening for a known, like a well-known comic because it was through like the local radio station. So they had, they had relationships with like all these like, you know, known comics. I think it might've been like either, it was either like Ralphie May or maybe like Robert Kelly. Oh, okay because uh that's who the radio dj had like good relationships with so he was that that would have been the headliner and i would have been opening for them but uh i lost the contest so <laughs> it was back to skateboarding and then that was a wrap for you you're like ah, i can't win a local contest what hope is there for me well i mean and then after that like um i kind of had a little buzz because i was like the the dark horse kind of of that finals because it was all these like local established like established guys in the scene locally and dudes that were like, you know, opening for the bigger acts, like every single time at the, cause uh, I lit, I, I grew up, I was doing open mic at, at the improv Tampa. So, I mean, it's, it's like an established scene there. You know what I mean? So there's like always dudes in the open mics. Yeah. When are, my, my wife is from Tampa, when I went to Tampa, that's where I went to do mics and shit. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that, that, that little room right there and like, I mean, I got to the point to where like, cause like I would come in super hot with like 10 or 15 skaters, make a bunch of noise. They would watch me do my five minutes and then everybody would leave. And so uh, <laughs> it kind of rubbed all the local comics the wrong way. For sure. So and for good reason. And, and so I learned that lesson too the hard way, Scotty, I stopped really inviting skaters to shows because I was like, man, they're terrible audience members. Like so consistently. Well, it's not like they were a terrible audience. It's just like they would leave after I went and they want everybody to stay. So, um, well, not only that, these, these other like established comics were like, who the fuck is this new guy? And how does he have 20 friends coming? Like, how's, oh, how's, hell yeah. doing, like, how's this guy a draw? Like, uh -huh. like he's still doing like, like really bad, like hooker and fart jokes. Like, <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I got my shit together and like, you know, 
stuck with it. And, uh, you know, I, I after the um, after I, I failed to win the contest, I got offered an opening spot on a show where I had to drive an hour, do five minutes and get like two free drinks and maybe like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, that's what you pay people? Man, fuck this. Like, and it was just like, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. I just, I got a short attention span. So about two to three <laughs> years, on a, two to three years on a hobby is actually like really good for me. Three, I'm, dude, I mean, three years doing comedy. How often were you getting up? Uh, I mean, I was doing like, they do the open mic at the improv like once a week. So I was getting up every week and then like randomly going to some other open mics, like, but mainly like the improv Tampa was my room every week. And they eventually started putting me on towards the end of the open mic just to get all my friends to stay. And they were just like, one of like, one of the comics pulled me aside and was like, Hey, listen, you need to do it like this. Like, like have these guys come but tell them to shut the fuck up and make them buy drinks and like, and how long uh, have you been doing stand-up comedy till that happened? Uh, maybe like a year. Okay. Wow. Like, like, cause <laughs> so it, you were showing up to the improv every week with a crew of skaters. Well, no, 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 no. Cause I didn't really, tell, I, didn't, I didn't tell a lot of people at first that I was doing it. I would go by myself. Okay. Smart, 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 smart. And so then you started inviting people and then slowly because like the other guy, Jim, I told you about, he was a skater too. So, uh, you know, like right. every now and then a few people would show up every now and then like, Oh, like you guys are in town. Like, come watch me do this. Like, right. and then eventually like we actually made it like to where we had like a big event at a skate park at Tampa one weekend. And there was also a stand up, So we put it on the flyer for the event at the skate park for the weekend to like go to the improv. We made it part of the programming for the weekend. So wow. that open mic, I actually had like maybe 40 or 50 people there to see me. And they stayed the end? I think that, well, they started putting me on at the end to make people stay. Right. So I, I would tell people that I was- So you kind of headlined the open mic. I was headlining the open mic. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of strong armed my way into it. So when I made Dude, the that, final- well, you know what? Like, I don't know how it all went down but exactly, but I, they, you know what? That's show business. You, yeah. you put butts in seats. Put butts in the seats. That's it. That's but um, so enough about me. Uh, we're going to talk about Taylor Clark and his history in comedy and skateboarding. But uh, first, I want to take a second and shout out the Take Line podcast. It's got sports, culture, and hot takes. Take Line has it all. Uh, it's a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Conception and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and world of sports and culture. So tune in each week with Jason and Renee as they talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. So follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday wherever you get your pods. And I also want to invite you guys to join me on the Locker Room app. It is a free, live, audio-only sports talk platform that I've been having loads of fun on with the multiple sport and team-specific chat rooms to join and get in on the verbal chess games as you hash it out with other sports fans from around the world. Uh, It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Uh, Last... um, 
Last time I told you about this, I said, I haven't even messed with it. I barely set up a profile. Um, I'm in it now. It's great. I found some wrestling fans. We talked for a bit. We laughed. We cried. We argued over who was the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. And then we all left the room. And uh, so all you need to do is download the locker room app for free in the iOS store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the Border Podcast group. And then follow me, Body Crons, to be notified when I open a room. And you can join me Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, and I'll be watching and talking about my favorite wrestling program. That's AEW Dynamite. So join me on the locker room app, get in on the conversation, and you can have a chance to be featured in an ad on the Border Podcast. Boom. And now we're going to go back to Taylor. So Taylor, little birdie told me you grew up in Everett, Washington, this which is, is true, uh, where I reside to this day. Yes. And that's outside of Seattle. It's a little methed out village just outside of Seattle. All right. And then, um, so is your dad as epic as you describe him in your comedy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I give him a hard time. He's in real life. He's truly just one of the best people on earth, but he does have a ponytail. I mean, yeah. Full throttle. Awesome. Dude. That is, that is sick. Um, my dad is king of dad jokes. Uh, dude, there's one every time. Um, I still remember the first dad joke he ever told when I was eight, we were on a family road trip and he said, Hey, Scotty, when is a door, not a door when it's a jar? Uh. Exactly. <laughs> so um grew up in Everett skateboarding uh were you already like doing comedy when you moved to New York or was that more of a skating thing or a combination of the both no I mean I everything I've done has I've I've tried to quit skating like fucking a hundred times in my life sorry am I allowed to swear yes oh okay um well I've tried to like when I, I when I was 19 I moved to Vancouver BC in Canada okay. that's why I still say a now. sometimes for no reason a beautiful skate town. Say what? Van I'm sorry. Uh, Vancouver is beautiful for skateboarding. I and had no idea. Everywhere I city. moved, I did know it was the skate mecca. So I went to Vancouver was like for film school, and it was wow. like the plaza opened that year. You know, I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. And I end up skating and filming for videos and like trying to get like local sponsors and shit like that the whole year. I did pretty good at film school, but I didn't do as good as I could have. And then, uh, and then when I moved to New York, it was the same deal. I was like a moving for stand-up comedy. And then just, I just can't flip off my skateboarder switch. So I end up just, you know, skating and filming for video parts and trying to get sponsored. And uh, that's just been everything in my life. Even now, like I can't focus on promoting my album. Cause I'm like, what if I put this tour together? I got to go to all these skate parks. <laughs> oh man yes so you're trying to obviously like marry the two and that's awesome um i was just curious uh you you said your uh your what you said your wife is from tampa yep and so you've made Originally it down here brazil oh another beautiful place for skateboarding man sao paulo uh i, I went there a couple months ago actually i've only i've been went to sao paulo once i hardly got to skate at all but, you know, it's for my 
uh, <laughs> my honeymoon. Oh. So, um, <laughs> you know, forgiven. But I got to skate in Rio a bunch. And that, that isn't, isn't as good as what I've heard, but it was still epic. It was still really fun. All right. Um, so uh, did you ever like make the trip down to Tampa for skateboarding or like maybe did you ever I forgot to look up your uh, contest history. Did you ever skate Tampa Am or anything like that? Or no, like, no, no, I didn't. No? When I was like 15, I won a contest in Seattle called Sound and the Fury. I won. Okay, the I remember those contests. Division. It was a kind of like a sister contest almost to Grand's uh, Vancouver Grand City's Slam Jam. Yeah, Slam Slam City Jam. Slam City Blam. It was like a Pog contest. <laughs> no, it was a skateboard contest. Anybody remember Pogs out there? Slammers? Anybody? Anyway, oh, so pogs. there was a <laughs> there was like a contest called Sound and the Fury, and they used to have like tons of pros come out and tons of reps and stuff. And when I was 15, I got, I won the shop division in this contest doing like, I mean, literally doing a, a Benny Hanna and a shove it tail grab and a shove it lip slide fakie. And this was my entire run. It was, I did a blunt fakie nose grab where I took my hat off. It was insane. It was the worst thing anyone's ever, but for, I got a couple time, of my, pro, my first taste of sponsorship from winning that contest. And I went on like, a Joan soda road trip and I was getting like DC flow through a shop and you know, but I was 15. I didn't know what to do. So I, it all, you know, just ended up sizzling, fizz, fizzling out. All right. And so you're trying to make it as a skater and a comedian in New York city. Um, is that, is that where you met your wife? I met her in New York city. Nice. And um, so at what point, in the relationship or your career or the meshing of the two uh did you kind of like let because i know you moved back to washington um did you kind of like maybe let go of the dream you're like all right time to go back home start the family uh wife and kids let's go was it was it like that kind of situation or yeah dude i buried both dreams skateboarding and stand-up comedy they were like rotting corpses in my backyard that i was trying to ignore all right. And then, um, so, uh, I, I heard, uh, your, your up bit describing your wedding. And, uh, I just wanted to ask like, or no, I just wanted to say, wow, I love it. Cause you got everything you wanted out of your wedding. Um, and I very similarly got exactly what I wanted as well. Um, I'm a huge professional wrestling fan. And so I negotiated a full uh, Ric Flair themed entrance for me with, uh, I, got, I got a robe custom made. Um, I had fireworks, uh, smoke, the whole everything. And so <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, like for the uh, wet, for the reception, when they introduced all the, like the wedding party, they all walked out to various nineties, uh, wwf theme songs and did the appropriate uh dances that go with each theme song but uh i will say one thing that you got that i wanted that i absolutely could not negotiate was an objector um you two baby i had two objections two objectors like i while putting together this whole wrestling themed wedding i was like hey baby wouldn't it be awesome if, you know, they were like, did, did anybody object? 
to this wedding and oh my god and there was like a match some random person got up and said i object yeah and then came up and then i choked slammed him through a table dude why don't more people do this stuff right that would have been awesome why didn't you do it she wasn't having it that was she she bent on you a should have told her she should do it she 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 didn't want any physical spectacle like she, <laughs> like, uh, she was like you can do whatever you want with the music do your entrance but like no wrestling at my wedding no actual wrestling at my wedding and i was like all right that's fair enough but i got everything else i want gosh that would have been so good i i mean what about when you guys renew your vows maybe you get to <laughs> joke slam your friend maybe I am of the, I appreciate you bringing this up because I will like die on this hill that everyone who's ever had a wedding is abusing the most amazing opportunity in, I don't know, in theater for, Dude, it's, for it, it creativity. Be, it, it should be treated more like a show. It's a show, man. Oh, it's, especially that moment, the objection, like I have almost never been to a wedding where there isn't some sort of moment where they ask anyone if they want to fuck this up and, <laughs> and like, nobody ever thinks to like play with that idea like it's absurd the like, only place i have more choke slams more bow staff <laughs> fights more backflips more laser guns uh, you know what i mean like how rad would it be if someone said i have like there's like does anyone object and then the, like there was like a laser pointer on the priest's head <laughs> oh my gosh and then, like, you know, there was, like, an epic secret spy battle with, like, ninja stars and stuff. Like, me and my wife talked about so many different scenarios, and we landed on bow staff fight. And that was the objection, the, my favorite objection. But we, 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 if you guys haven't, you know, heard the album, please go listen. Uh, but spoiler alert, uh, the two objections were my friend interrupting on uh, uh, the wedding during his objection, which was to give a five-minute speech on, uh, you know, the the garbage institution that is marriage in the United States. And, uh, and then I had someone object um, to both staff fight me. And we had a both staff fight. You want to hear the jokier version of this? You got to listen to the album. Oh yeah. We're teasing the addictive tickle uh, album. You can see it on taylorclarkcomedy.com. I appreciate that. Thank you, Scotty. I've listened to it ad nauseum now. Have I'm, you? Oh my! I'm man. ready for the next album. No, I, I listened to it twice. I listened to it like when it like nauseum it, twice. Is it nauseum? In 2021, yes. <laughs> in 2021, to get somebody to watch something twice. Like that. I'll tell you. I mean, nauseum was a little. Big, that's fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but I'm ready for the next album is, is what I, is what I'm saying. Like I've listened to this one. I'm like, all right, let's see. I want me some more Taylor Clark. Let's go. Dude. I've I'm ready, man. Like I cannot wait to get on the road and start crafting this next hour. My goal is to every year at the end of this tour to put out a full part and a full hour, whether it's a new album or a special or whatever. Okay. Dude, that's, that would be sick. I can like, are uh, you'd be like, I wouldn't know what that would be like. Nobody's ever done that before. Or you could put out a, you could put out a video part soundtracks to your comedy. 
Well, I don't know if you've seen that is a good idea. I've been kind of noodling with that already with the uh, Instagram videos because I like the idea of putting voiceover to skateboarding, like a like self-commentary of my own insecurities when it comes to my skateboarding. You know, well, yeah, like what you did with the uh, with the sponsor me video that you just dropped. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of semi inspired by the little how this started when I first when I first decided I was going to go, OK, I'm going to skate for the rest of my life. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to embrace it as just a part of everything I do, including comedy. Like, because as you know, as your listeners know, right, like it's a lifestyle and it's a culture. And it's it's kind of like for me, it just kind of feels like all or nothing. And I've had several moments in my life where I've kind of pushed it away and it's backfired. So um, yeah. I've, you know, almost reluctantly uh, decided like, OK, well, it's just what it is. So I started filming myself skating and I'm an old piece of shit now and I hate my skateboarding, which is nothing to always have. And I, you know, want to post it because that's the culture that we're in of posting yourself skateboarding all the time. And so, you know, I just kind of did it with my own sense of humor and comedy in, via these voiceovers, you know, to the footage of me skating. And so uh, <clears throat> I thought about what it would be like to do a full hour of stand up <laughs> behind like uh, just me skating footage. Um, but I've experimented with it and it's, uh, unwatchable and it distracts from all the jokes and I need everyone to pay attention to the jokes. Yeah. And, uh, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, you can go to, uh, Taylor Clark comedy on YouTube as well and check out his sponsor me video that is uh, guest starring his wife, uh, in a pivotal role. An actress. It's actually an actress, not my real wife. Oh, that's not your real wife. No, she's, a, she's a great actress. My wife's oh. about this life. Okay, because I was gonna say, dude, that's that's a hot, like. Well, first off, you got a hot wife. Uh, second off, wait, are you, are you saying that now, knowing she's not my real wife? I was gonna tell you that she was hot. Um, okay, well, I'll tell Mike's. <laughs> I'll tell her husband, her fiance, that uh, you think so. All right, and just, dude, she nailed it. Like, oh, she killed it. She's a great actress. I love working with her. Samantha Rund, Seattle right. actress, and. Uh, the uh baby mama of my content producer mike devar who helps me with my podcast all right yeah that, oh yeah and that's right you're a podcaster as well um is that also called the addictive tickle yeah i'm gonna like have new specials with different titles and stuff but i'm gonna keep my album called addictive tickle i think for you know the foreseeable future all right and then but the, the podcast is also called that yeah, the podcast is Addictive Tickle and my album is Addictive. My debut album is D Addictive Tickle. And first hearing Addictive Tickle, it sounds super, super creepy. But uh, <laughs> dude, no worries. It's only about bidets. <laughs> like, <laughs> not creepy I, I, at all. Yeah, as I like it so much because it's so <laughs> intriguing. And then when you find out that it's just like the punchline of a bad joke, it's kind of <laughs> so rewarding. Um, yeah, dude, I liked it. And then, um, uh, and then just the stuff about your, your nickname being trailer park. Cause it rhymes with Taylor Clark and you were from a trailer park. Uh, dude, good shit, man. Thanks. Um, thanks Scotty. This is really good. You want to just go over the whole album beat for beat? <laughs> well, no, I actually wanted to tell you about the, cause I, like I told you I did comedy, but you know, you, I mix a little bit of skateboarding in, but I wouldn't consider it like, it wasn't like uh, 
I was trying to talk about skateboarding. I actually was talking about delivering pizza because that's what I was doing at the time. Um, so my joke was uh, like, yeah, yeah, man, I used to work at a skate park and I quit to get a real job uh, delivering pizza. Right. So here we go. Um, I'm, I'm, I made it like, <laughs> 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 and then uh, I think I had maybe one more joke about skateboarding i can't even remember it oh actually yes but it was, but it was more like you used the word skateboarding it wasn't necessarily like a, a joke about it no not really like it was like man this like i skated to the bar last week and this old guy was like aren't you a little old for skateboarding and i looked at him and said like aren't you a little old like to be living <laughs> thing got yeah it. you know stupid shit you think of on your way to the club while you're dude it's all my jokes are like that i'm not I have no word to judge. And um, dude, and like you were saying earlier, like as far as like going to skate parks and like the tours and all that stuff you're trying to plan, like the journey of stand-up comedy is a lot like the journey of skateboarding um, with like cheap hotels, uh, towns you didn't know existed, Taco Bell. Dude, uh, it's the exact like same. I mean, that's my, my favorite. One of the reasons I'm doing this short show is to, you know, it's my favorite thing to talk about almost like, the parallels between stand-up and skateboarding I, I constantly i'm realizing there's more too like yeah, you work, and that's only one of them just being on the road shit yeah, like, taco bell you know work, like nobody actually gets it <laughs> you know except the work, working for a year straight solid for like a five minute presentation like oh right right yeah it's so much work for such little like um, actual <laughs> payback and then of course in skateboarding and in comedy you you got to get accepted by the cool crowd a hundred percent and i think that's where i failed in uh stand-up comedy because in in my scene like the, the the cool crowd in comedy like you would just go stand next to them and they would stand in a circle and one like one person would bring up a topic and then everybody would just try to out joke each other and i was like what you guys aren't even talking to each other like like you're just like sitting here in a circle trying to exchange punchlines like dude but if you heard like skateboarders talking you you know if you were like in your same thing year, you'd be like jesus christ don't you guys it's watch movies same, or anything? and then um yeah so Stand yeah, up. There, there's a ton, there's a ton of parallels i noticed that for sure it sounds like you had a similar experience when i would hang out with comics and like bring like my friends my skateboarder friends around um comics are always like how, do, how how do you know people who aren't comics <laughs> you know and it's then when the i would skateboarding and i would be like oh i'm gonna go do a comedy show or i'd be like invite my skateboarder friends to hang out with maybe like some of my comedy friends or something, they'd always be like, how do you know people that aren't skateboarders? Like, this is so weird. Yeah, I don't... There's such, like, inclusive uh, subculture. I think I, I think I have one or maybe one or maybe two friends that don't that don't skate. Yeah, it's, it's they're both just, like, these, you know, perma-lifestyles that just become completely, you know, intertwined to, like, every ounce of your day-to-day -day. you know yeah, you and, so well it's happening it happened with comedy for sure once i started doing it i mean it's just like i used to invite people I used to be able to bring people to shows and 
then eventually you burn all those bridges, <laughs> you know, and then you are only hanging out with the people who you do comedy with because it's an every night, all the time, eat, sleep, breathe, shit it back out and do it again kind of fucking lifestyle. And skateboarding is, I mean, the exact same description. And also it's like 100% like on you, you're betting on yourself to make it, you're investing in yourself uh, with no guarantee of any type of return. And, uh, you know, like getting sponsors, not a guarantee, like getting stage time is not a guarantee, getting paid is not a guarantee. Like, but is that going to stop you from doing it? Hell no, man. I'm still waking up to try to go like wax up a ledge that I know I can only wax between seven and eight AM on a Saturday morning. Cause that's when the security guard's gone. So I got to go wax it this week so I can go wax it again next week. So it's ready to skate in three weeks. And, uh, and it's not like a thing where you're like, Oh, I have to go do this. Like reluctantly doing it. <laughs> like you're excited about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I put it on my, like, like when I'm making notes of things I need to do the next day, it's like, go to, you know, go to bank, uh, list, list these five things on eBay, wax <laughs> ledge. Like, dude, I forgot to wax the fucking ledge. I feel like I failed for the day. Right. Even though I got all this other shit done. I forgot to go to the ledge and wax it or like go to this one spot that needed like uh, a broom to like clear one area to make a landing. Yeah. It's an obsession. It's a passion, but it's also an obsession and an addiction. It's like all three of the things. And then what makes it even sweeter is nobody gets it. So it's just yours. Yeah. It's just, and, and, you, it's just your special little thing, you know, like, I, I've gone in like fixed spots. I have no intentions on skating. Um, you know, the amount of lurking I do, dude, I don't jump downstairs really. I don't do handrails and stuff, but I will like cause a car accident and like raptor necking my head around. Oh, yeah. Take one more, you know, look at a huge handrail that ha might have a good runway that I never saw before. You know, yeah. like it's just, I can't turn it off. And uh, to lay well, yeah, you can't turn it off and. I, I like my eyes are always way bigger than my stomach. You know what I mean? So uh, I actually had to, I've retired from popping my tail. <laughs> that's, um, that's unfortunate. Well, no, it's not. It's fine. Um, slappies. Click your tail. Wall rides. I'll do a firecracker if I'm going off a curb. Jeez, so I'll hit my tail. Not an ollie. Don't do an ollie. I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in a little bit in jest, but yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> My, my I do know what you mean, man. The I might I'm having such trouble with my body lately. It's like I I have a bunch of older friends who are in the uh, slappy for life game. Don't look back. And yeah, I like, just can't uh, do it. My 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 left knee, which is my back knee, is kind of messed up, so I can't really get like the uh, good explosion on a pop. So my ollies have got like real poopy anyway. So I just you know try to avoid them. Oh man, I hope I can. Ollie, just a nice fat Ollie on a hip. Ooh, nothing. I got, I'll be able to hold, hold on to well, that for a while. I still do fat Ollie's, but that's just because I'm overweight. <laughs> Zing. And why did you get out of comedy, Scotty? Because it's way more fun to announce a skateboard contest. And like, you if you kill it or you bomb, the contest goes on. And uh, yeah, see, it's a, this is the I'm, thing. It's like with comedy, it was exactly like skating where. I have this joke, you know, like a trick, right? Like where I'm like, yeah. I have to figure this out. And the only way to figure it out is in front of like a comedy audience. It's there to see the specific style of 
talking into a microphone, which is stand up comedy. So I would yeah. be like, fuck, you know, like I can't turn this off. Like I have to go try this out. So I never was able to like go more than a month or two without at least like popping into an open mic or, you know, trying out a joke somewhere because I can't avoid it. Like it would just drive me crazy, you know? <laughs> and that's totally how it is with skating too. Just kind of to come back around full circle, like how this all started in the first place. Yeah. And uh, for me, like uh, announcing contests, like I can tell this, like I can recycle jokes in the same day. Uh, I can tell other people's jokes. I cannot um, wait to see you announce a contest. Like I, I can, I, I'll tell other people's jokes. Um, like I'll, You're not I'll hacking people. bits. Are you giving credit? Well, I will. Of course. I, 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 I honestly wanted to create this whole gimmick as a cover comic because cover bands can make <laughs> cover bands can, you know, like you're not going to get famous he or anything. Cover can, comedy. There was a guy who did Lenny Bruce's act, I think for a while. Okay. So I just wanted to be able to do everything and just get on stage and be like, you guys might recognize this one from uh, 2012. But it's an old Mitch, Mitch Hedberg hit called, the Dufresne's. This is insane. And you, would you do impressions or would you just do the jokes? I would just do the jokes. Like other people's <laughs> jokes, like ask them though, like, like, like this, you may recognize this next one. It's a whole <laughs> this, this is crazy bit story. about Sesame Street. By this, Dave it's so much trouble. <laughs> but I like, I was like, dude, if you can't become a famous musician doing your own stuff, like you can still make a pretty good living. Like, you know, playing some like, uh, like random, like waterside taverns, like three nights a week doing cover songs. Why, why doesn't this happen in comedy? Why can't I do cover jokes? Because the jokes are too precious to the comedians. They work so fucking hard on them. The last thing they want is someone out there doing those fucking jokes <laughs> that they get paid for. That, that's like their bread and butter. You know, <laughs> that's why being a hack is like the most toxic you know, red flag, scarlet letter you could possibly have on your career because it's the ultimate in like backstabbery. Yeah, <laughs> but know? I'm not trying to like take credit for these jokes. No, I'm just, I, know, I, know. I think this like, is why I'm laughing. I know you're not like, I don't think anyone will notice if it's Mitch Hedberg's joke. I know you're not coming from that angle, but I, that's why I'm laughing is because it is actually hilarious to me that... The, you could do that and like not do the impression like you're not trying to do like a Vegas act kind of thing. You're just like, these are my favorite jokes. This next one is an oldie buddy goodie. This next one is from Carlin. This next one is from. <laughs> this next. I will, I, I will sign on to help you do this, Scotty. Dude, that's all. At a Tampa contest. <laughs> Well, we we might have to get together to do uh, to uh, get paid for stand up comedy because I would not bet on us getting paid for skateboarding anytime soon. Um, Speak for yourself. Sponsors, I've had some bites on that sponsor me video, dude. Basically, well, then maybe I would bet on you. So, if you're interested in betting on sports, don't forget that this week has tons of sports action oh. as the MLB, NBA, Sorry. and NHL are in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, fighting, 
All right, before the next pitch, puck drop, slam dunk or knockout, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. And we got a new sponsor to the podcast. It's meat. I Dude, it's one of my favorite things on earth. Carne, meat. I am a carnivore. I work hard and I play hard. You work hard and you play hard. So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. So visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your first order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe and hard-to-find specialty cuts, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash-frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Just imagine. And relaxing in the backyard, family is enjoying steakhouse-quality meats from Kansas City Steaks. Feeling froggy? Go ahead and try their butter tender filet mignon. Mm, mm, mm. Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. So bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Remember, go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. Boom. Yes. So Taylor, uh, we've been talking about cover comedy, um, doing other people's jokes, why you shouldn't do it. But what, co- what, like, uh, what comedians are you into? Like if you were to do a cover set, who would appear? If I was doing a cover set, let's be clear. We would never do this, but if I was going to gun to my head, I would probably, um, I would do Geraldo. I would do Carlin, um, Joan Rivers. Uh, I would do Sarah Silverman, and okay. I would do uh, okay, M- Moms Mabley, and a char- and Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Dude, you doing some Sarah Silverman humor would probably be pretty epic. I don't know how it would, yeah, it'd be, and it'd be pretty tough doing it. Fucking any of those people. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be crazy to do some of these people who have like so much of their material is, is their personality and stuff. So if you just like read their jokes, like it probably wouldn't even work. Yeah. It definitely takes some trial and error to figure out like, you know, what, what would sound good in the cover setting. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's so funny to me there's absolutely no way you can figure this out <laughs> it's so impossible okay so like i like it though before, scotty i like the ambition i'm gonna work on it and and i'll get i'll i'll, I'll get you a, a rough three and then we can we can mold it <laughs> sure i don't want to do a full five minutes just in case like the comics turn on me and i gotta run <laughs> Because, uh, dude, seriously, like, so it, it got to the point when I was doing stand-up, like, for the open mics, because it's like, it's like this, you know, you, you run into the same 15 or 20 people 
doing the same five minutes of material for like months on end. Sure. So I really like wanted and like I would always try to be coming up like after I did the first like couple standups, I threw away all that stuff and started trying to write new stuff. I thought you had to like write new stuff every week for open mic. Yeah, yeah a lot of people think that. Yeah. Me and too. I'm just like, oh, okay. But it got to the point where I seriously was considering like getting up and just performing everybody else's comedy that you'd seen a million times. Can you have, yeah, just to show them like, dude, come on guys. Cause like, I've seen seen people do that too. Even after shows where people do their friends acts and stuff I went to in New York. So like, yeah, cause it it just got to the point where I was so tired of seeing all these people. Like even when I took a break from standup, I, I like went, just went to a regular show. Uh, I went and saw like Pablo Francisco. He's one of my, that's one of my favorites. Um, but they had like a, li- a brief showcase of open micers like before that show. And it was like the same people I was doing open mic with like one to two years before and doing the same fucking material. Like, I'm like, dude, I've seen this one comic do his in-depth description of his uncle Eddie for three fucking years. <laughs> the is, dude, is it's like, the it's the same thing as like going to a skate park you know it's just like dude everyone's allowed in here (laughs) you know you're like i'm here for a different reason than everybody else though yeah and then you and then you got like feeble grind kid that that's been feeble grinding you're like i get it dude at the park (laughs) for a year you you know he can feeble grind he's got the feeble grind like, in, do something i mean geez louise it's, it's like that watching people do the same act over and over again where you're like the first time you see him maybe too it's funny <laughs> even yeah. yeah yeah you're like oh cool nice people right <laughs> you see someone for the first time to stand up and then you see him like every night for three years doing that same fucking feeble grind every night and you're like jesus christ exactly okay so um so, you know, talking about stand up, you have you have a, a bit that got famous in skateboarding. Um, so let's talk about it real quick. The uh, you've come up with an ingenious term for our demographic of skateboarders. Um, so let's talk about the recovering adult skateboarder for a second. Um, it's available. TaylorClarkComedy.com. Yes. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, dude, that's like uh, one of the, you know, prime. Bi- well, for me, it is one of the like prime bits in your album, just because, you know, it, it, I fucking fully hundred percent get every single fucking word of that bit. And dude, like the other one where you're yelling at the scooter kid and having to deal with his mom and uh, dude, just all of that stuff, hanging out under bridges, trying to like Ollie a trash can. Like uh, there was a time in my life where my parents maybe were not so sure about how I would turn out as a person. And uh, so I would make it a game to like, twist the scenario I'm in to make it sound completely terrible. Like uh, I was announcing a skateboard contest at um, Lower East Side Skate Park, which is under a bridge, right? Very familiar. So I've been there. My, my dad called me. I don't know when this was, but my, my dad called me up and was like, what you doing? And I was like, oh, nothing. Just like throwing away some trash under a bridge, like trying to clean it up real quick. And he's like, why are you trying to clean up under a bridge? Do you wait, what are you doing under a bridge? Uh, and why are you cleaning an area of it? Like, are you doing community service? No, dad. Uh, right. 
do you live there? No, dad. What are you doing? I'm working at a contest. I wish. Be I'm so working. sick to have a spot this close to my house. <laughs> I'm working, dad. Like, come on. So, you know, just, I like, I like to mess with my parents for a little, but they, they fully know what I do now. And, you know, living on the fringe of society uh, has become commonplace for them. And I just would really want to know how they describe me to their friends. That's what I'm really curious about. Well, how do you think they describe you to their I, friends? I really don't know. Good for your parents for having friends. You need to just be happy <laughs> for your parents, Scotty. Um, well, actually, my, my, my dad's really blowing my mind right now because he is just like for the past five to ten years angry and grumpy. But somehow he like will meet people at just like the randomest places. Like I'll show, I'll go home to visit my parents and he has two friends over. I'm like, so where did you meet these guys? Started talking to him at Chili's. What? Yeah. I just started talking to him at the bar at Chili's. Hey Scotty. Um, I don't know if anyone else has told you this, but your parents are swingers, bro. Maybe. Chili's is code. That's that's Tampa code for we're fucking. <laughs> oh geez. Well, next topic. Sorry to spoil. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna find out sooner or later. All right. So we. All right. Next topic. We're talking. <laughs> Sorry, is that too far? Is this how I don't get asked back on the border? <laughs> no, it is not. But we're just gonna move on. Um. All right. You were talking I'm ready about to unpack this. What's up? Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So you're currently working on organizing a comedy tour that's going to go through, through skate parks as well. Is that what I'm, what I'm getting? Yeah. So I created this, I came up with this idea. Um, you know, Jerry Seinfeld show comedians in cars getting coffee. Yes. So I saw that and I was like, Jerry's obviously just like created his dream job, right? Like, Oh, I just want to hang out with my friends, <laughs> drive around in cool cars and drink coffee. If you want to film it, that's on you, right? Like that's kind of how it felt. I was yeah. like, this is the best. I would, I would do this. This is my dream job would be this except with skateboarding, right? Cause I don't care about cars. <laughs> and uh, I was like, if I went on the road, every time I go touring, I just started headlining. I was like, every time I go on the road, I just end up like lurking around the town, looking at skate spots. Cause I don't know when's <laughs> going to film. And like, I, you know, don't, don't have anyone to skate with and I want to go hang out at the parks. And then, then I started just like filming myself. Um, and I was like, you know what, if I did Jerry Seinfeld's show on the road, that would be my dream job. So I filmed a version of it. And then I was like, you know what, before I start making this show, like a web series, um, I'm going to put my album out. And so now that my album's out, I'm making the show. So um, I have the first one in New York. So basically the idea is, is I just like skate during the day and go do comedy at night. And then hopefully whoever I can get who is in town, that's hopefully like skates and does comedy. But if it's just someone who's like really good at comedy and wants to come hang out at the park with me, that's also great. So I'm just going to go skate during the day and go do comedy at night. And that's basically the show. I was, I was going to say it like, uh, are there other like skate comedians out there in New York or out there that we don't know about? Well, Mark Norman's doing the show. I mean, like there's not as many that I really know that are like, like 
really still skate as much as uh, I do, but that is kind of my mission is to find them. I mean, like Whitmer Thomas skates, like he's fucking hanging out with Kevin Long and shit like that. Like he actually seems like he skates a lot. I'd like to talk to him and meet him potentially like Mark Norman, who I've got on my show in New York. He just put out like that Jankum thing where he skates and you know, he's like fucking a world famous stand up comic. And Oh yeah, yeah. I did see that. Yeah, but even like fucking Tom Green, you know, like oh, yeah, yeah, he's, of got course. Like comedy, David- he's like a touring headlining comic. Yeah, and fucking even Steve is a touring headlining comic. Like, there's a lot more ties. Than, yeah, uh, and uh, like David Spade, I know is like a kind of a skater. Like, is he? Like, he? Yeah, David Spade skates. Like, get out of here. That's cool. And um, he rides a skateboard. I, I that's think what's up. Yeah. See, I don't give a fuck. It, like uh, my buddy Courtney is uh, Courtney McGinnis great fucking comic and she's blowing up. She's uh on my show in New York and her touchstone to skateboarding is that she's just always been really fucking attracted to skateboarders her entire female life. So we got the female <laughs> perspective of the girl that maybe dated a bunch of skaters. And she did. And she knows like a lot of the skate videos and like cultural touchstones because she was just around it all the time cuz yeah, oh. cuz her boyfriends were skaters. I would yeah, I would I'd be interested to hear her material. That's yeah, that's they, they don't, it's not like everybody. I'm like, all right, and now write some really good jokes about skateboarding. Like, they're no, I, I, still doing I want, comedy, you know? They're just yeah, I was gonna say, don't be like too encouraging of these skateboarders to do stand up comedy because, like, you want to own that gimmick. Stay out of my lane. Like, you want to, <laughs> no, you, you want to be this. I don't like, feel no, like I am a skate comedian. <laughs> oh, I'm very encouraging. The more in this, the better. It is for all of us, you know? For I'd sure. love it if more people started doing skateboard comedy. That's fucking awesome for the culture. Just, just one thing that I that I just saw in my head that I was hoping happened. Um, have you ever like done stand up with like with like visible injuries? Dude, I, ser- I all the time. I mean, like face. The whole, every time. I'm always uh, doing something. Dude, like a fake cast might might help you out with some visual comedy. <laughs> <For my> branding. <laughs> Thanks. Scotty, um, I'm real, I'm gonna come to come to all my all my comedy advice is coming from you from now on. Uh, I, I will say, so I, you just started doing other people's jokes and wearing a fake cast. Like, what the fuck? Well, that's what Scotty said I should do, and he's never done me wrong. So, I, I will say <laughs> that I I once did an open mic. One time, I did an open mic with a full bloody elbow because I uh like hit a rock on the. I was skating to the comedy club to do the open mic, and uh. I hit a rock and like gashed open my elbow. So I, I, I did five minutes with a, a bleeding elbow. That's what's up. Did people, were people distracted? Uh, kind of, but not as distracted as the time I fully shaved my head and went and did. Cause I like, I used to have like hair down to my ass and uh, would like tell jokes about like, just, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to, I got, I'm going to do one impression right here. And it's of all of these things at once. Chewbacca, the Wookiee, Jesus, Zach Galifianakis, Jesus. Like, and then I would just stand there and I'll be like, all right, that's it. Oh, I get it. Cause you look kind of like all those. That's funny. A Wookiee, like a uh, Bigfoot, uh, yeah. you know, Grizzly Adams. Yeah. And then you shit. shaved your head. And then I completely shaved my head and shaved my beard and went and did stand up. And nobody even like, like it took like, I could see the people in the, like the other comics like clicking after like a minute or two. They're like, "Holy shit, that's that guy!" Like, 
<laughs> so so you were just did you not address it? You just like tried to do your uh, um, dick jokes or whatever? No, I I, I think I might have like uh, made a joke about how I, I made some new friends when I accidentally uh, went. I thought I was going to do stand up comedy, but I accidentally ended up at an open Reich night. <laughs> <laughs> I like that joke. That and you did that with your shaved head. That was your opener. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that is actually amazing. Add an open mic too. That's so good. But did, it um, kill? did that kill? Uh, I don't. Maybe. What I don't people know. Like ah. people were just like, "Wait, what?" And I was like, "Yeah, I got a bunch of new friends. Uh, for some reason, they all wear red suspenders and and Doc Martens. It's weird. I haven't bought mine yet, but maybe maybe we'll see you next week. Like." <laughs> Real subtle. Yeah. <laughs> I love open mics. I still to this day love open mics. I They were brutal in New York, so I fell out of love with them. But since I've been back in Seattle and they're actually like kind of fun and there's crowds and stuff, watching open mic comedians perform in front of people is <laughs> fucking absolute just chef's kiss. Just schadenfreude. And, you know, just you get the whole spectrum of humanity kind of like every three seconds when you're watching like an open mic set oh and, yeah uh, moments like that are what make it all worth it yes and um so open reich night <laughs> so you've now this year you have you dropped comedy album you've dropped a, a skate park and you had an interview in thrasher this is true. And I just an article in low card magazine just came out. So how does it feel to be an official Sodi contender? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to say <laughs> inevitable win, but uh, you know, there's whispers. Dude, a, a video part of favorite already, like... but <laughs> um, yeah, I, the, how sick would that be? I, I would accept yeah so who set up the uh the thrasher interview? like tom green wins sody like, oh my god uh well i think you'd be you, you probably definitely in the running for a teddy award at least what the wait what's the teddy the teddy award is the uh those just like the three pages in thrasher with the skater of the year issue where it's like all just like the random awards that they make up oh maybe they'll give me a teddy maybe you'll get a teddy that'd be cute i would fucking be stoked um, There's no way that that would be bad <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> no so, matter what the award is. So you now can <laughs> show your wife a Thrasher interview, an album, views on YouTube, measurable success. How has she handled all the I told you so's? Uh, well, you know, as soon as these uh, unemployment checks stop needing to be fucking deposited, maybe uh, we'll start even registering some of those. I told you so. But right now they're still in the old backlog. Oh, yeah. I guess the pandemic and unemployment is really probably uh, created like a whole like kind of creative uh, renaissance that we're going to be studying in like 40 years or 50 years in like art history. Well, like, I mean, like... like it's been the, obviously the biggest nightmare year in all of many lives, including my own, but 
I had to homeschool my son all year. You know, I went from like getting ready to release an album. I had like a couple weeks of like headlining dates, like secured and I was feeling really good March, 2020. And then I had to be like, okay, let's now I'm a homeschool teacher and a gymnastics coach and a basketball instructor and fucking, you know, like got a full-time babysitter and my wife's working from home and I'm living at my parents and I can't drive for Uber eats anymore because this is a fucking pandemic and I'm not trying to kill my folks. So uh let's just noodle away at my album for a year which is what i did kind of brainstorming essentially how i was going to put it out and when thinking it was like oh this pandemic will be over and i'll put out the album <laughs> you know and obviously just didn't seem like it was ever going to end and when i released it in december i mean there was basically the election was over and they had just announced vaccines and i was like you know what if i don't put it out now thinking like oh, it'll probably backslide or who knows like you know who knows? Maybe they'll storm the Capitol or something crazy. <laughs> and then I was like, whatever, who knows? I'm going to put out my album. And I put it out thinking like, you know, I'll just be some comic at a bar who sells their fucking CDs in the back, uh, which I was happy with. And that's what I was planning to do. But when it all came out, I was like, I still don't have any tour dates or anything. I don't have all the comedy clubs are basically booked out for the next two years because of the backlog of comics looking for oh, work yeah. and then you know, a lot of clubs are closed and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, needless to say, I'm still on unemployment. I'm just starting to pick up paid work again. Um, but for the most part, I'm just doing this completely DIY. Like I'm booking all of these shows on my own. I have my, uh, my buddy Tyler's like my tour manager and he's helping me manage the events and secure venues and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm basically Tyler. doing them in like back rooms and people's backyards and like small bars and venues and just basically wherever they'll have me. And because I have so much experience producing comedy shows, like booking a show and talking to a venue and stuff is, you know, a cakewalk for me. So nice. it's uh, so far so good. Like we're having a, a lot of fun and hopefully I can like make money at least enough to be able to tell my wife like, hey, I did it, babe. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't have to cash those checks anymore. Nice. And, um, no more Uber Eats. <laughs> and, uh, I do know Tyler too, as well. Uh, he's worked with us on some events, uh, when we're up in New York doing stuff. Uh, Oh, right. Yeah, good. of course. Yeah. Well, he's super. the best. Yeah. Tyler's awesome. The uh, absolute best. Are you still there? Scott? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, I'm just going sorry. through my you're, notes. He's and sounding like someone's fucking pulling, like you sound like you're in a fight every couple of minutes. <laughs> oh no. I'm just actually a uh, scuffle. Just, I'm going through all my notes and make sure I uh, covered all my points that I was trying to get to read my ads. Uh, you killed it. Great podcast hosting Scotty. Dude. And the best part of being a great podcast host is at the end, going through your checklist live on the podcast. I'm sure. <laughs> I kind of forced it on you, <laughs> but uh, basically um, yeah, man, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, get you on the phone before you got like, too too famous and uh bro that's insane come on <laughs> skateboarders this is what's so funny scotty not to i know you're trying to make it through the rest of your list there but stop stop right where you are I no, we're good insane. we're good i made it you did oh okay yeah how much are you trying to wrap up we got to go probably no um, I, was, I was i was gonna ask if there's anything else you wanted to plug but if you got something else you want to say by all means say it let's go 
Well, I just wanted to point out how amazingly grateful I am for to you, to the skateboard community, to all of the insane support that I've gotten from skateboarding so far. This is like all dream come true, especially at 36 years old, feeling like, again, I had my skateboarding uh, future in any regard was a bit of rotting corpse in my backyard, as I described previously. <laughs> but um, I... As grateful as I am for all of that kind of stuff, comedy, nobody gives a shit <laughs> so far anyway. It seems like it has been a complete um, void of interest <laughs> in the comedy world, which is exactly how I predicted it would go. People and I'm scared. honestly kind of excited about it because like we know everything that's worth giving a shit about that's cool starts in skateboarding. <laughs> so I'm happy to just be in skateboarding for now and it's the fucking dude, best uh, like we were talking about the uh the you know uh similarities between comedy and skateboarding it's just working 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 very very hard for something that's probably the only people that are going to be psyched on it is your family and like your, your eight friends yeah like I've, you know, like, I've shown my family my video parts and they're just like, oh, okay, cool. Dude, like, it's so funny. Why, why yes. do you put all those, they're like, why do you put all those slams in your video? Like, don't, you, you want people to see that? Like, they're just confused by a lot of it, but so much try. If you don't, this is what I'm saying. Like, if you don't skate, you just actually just like, don't get it, right? Like it's ungettable because skateboarding is so nuanced. You're like, well, if you don't understand that like a nollie is harder than an ollie, then what to, you know, you're not going to like this, <laughs> you know? Comedy is a little different in that like the, the idea is laughter, like the general reaction you're going for is laughter. So basically it's kind of for everybody as a genre. Whereas yeah. like skateboarding is kind of like for skaters, period. Um, that being said, when you want to talk about comedy, why it works, how it works, the only people who understand that are comics, right? So even though everyone might enjoy stand-up comedy, the only people who actually like get it, even if it's only, you know, three years doing open mics and making like open Reich jokes, like some people, <laughs> that's all your experience you actually do get it you know what i mean like a billion times more than your general audience member because you've stood up there and tried you know you've spent nights writing jokes watching other people craft material like you get it why a nolly is <clears throat> is harder than an ollie right more yeah. than anybody else oh of course yeah and so, I, and i like you i i still have all of my notebooks like they're still in my desk so like you never leave it it's like you know Same, yeah you put the skateboard in your in your garage and forget about it for a couple months maybe you get hurt you don't skate for a while but it's always there and you always know like i'm a skater i'm a skater like but and then same thing with comedy it's like dude those jokes are like every like sit down at my desk i know those jokes are like down there in that drawer kind of like you know <laughs> right ready to get be a hunker and all right yeah uh I can always just pop into the old over mic and dust these off and see if I still got it, you know? Yeah. But, um, dude, yeah, I think, uh, I think we covered everything, man. Taylor, you're awesome. If there's anything else you want to say, uh, once again, we got the addictive tickle album 
We got the Addictive Tickle podcast. We got skaters, or I'm sorry, comedians. Right now, it's just called Comedians at Skate Parks, the tour. There we go. Soon to be web series um, and or TV show. We'll see who picks it up. But uh, um, I'm leaving it open-ended. Comedians at Skate Parks, you know, wearing vans or whatever the sponsor might be. (laughs) Sounds good. Let's get it. Um, And once again, dude, check out his Thrasher interview. Low-card interview just dropped. Uh, TaylorClarkComedy.com. Uh, go listen to him, man. He's got, if you skate, man, you will enjoy it because his, his, his takes on skating and his takes not on skating. You can definitely tell it's from a skater perspective and it, dude, it all makes sense. It's all there. Listen to it with your girlfriend, your wife, your friends, your, you know, maybe not your kids, but there's lots of comedy on there for people who don't skate. (laughs) Some people have been messaging me like, Hey, this is actually good for for other people <laughs> like that's the idea yeah man skating is one of the many things that you talk about <laughs> and but it's also something that hasn't been like explored in stand-up comedy realm either so 100 oh, i can't i have so much more material on it that i'm so excited to like you know weasel into the, the rest of my new act well i i can't wait to hear it so uh yeah man that's gonna wrap things up this was taylor clark uh, once again thank you for joining thank us you, scotty you're the king dude this is amazing i love what you guys are doing oh thanks um yeah check him out on all the avenues i just mentioned and check us out where the next episode of the border podcast continues uh we've been going a year now and we are going to keep on trucking <laughs> Specialist, the body, 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 the body